We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Tuesday, March 7th, 2023, Decision Day, maybe it would be a year to the date, uh, just about. Decision date last year for Aaron Rodgers was March 8th. Uh, Today is, that was a Tuesday, Uh, so today's Tuesday. We'll see if that happens. One brief bit of news that we'll get into here in just a second is Derek Carr is not an option for one of Aaron Rodgers' primary trade destinations, if you believe uh, the reporting that that would be one. And uh, that would be because he is signing with the New Orleans Saints. He will not be a New York Jet. And we'll jump in and talk about that right now. I'm your host today. I'm Jacob Westendorf. And I am joined. uh, I have no idea what Ross Uglum is wearing. But I will tell you that before we started recording this video, well, let's just say there's more to that than there was, uh, thankfully. So we're, we're appreciative of that. And Jacob Morley, they are covering the Summit Hoops League Tournament. Uh, so North Dakota State basketball, uh, in addition to the other teams that are in that league as well. Um, Ross, have you had a chance to connect with, uh, oh man, the name of the coach escapes me. The guy who was complaining about the location of the, uh, the, the tournament. I'll find, I'll find, uh, I'll find Paul, Paul Mills tomorrow. 
Okay, so Paul Mills will get the wrath of Ross Uglum tomorrow. Yeah. Guys, real quick, we'll yeah, jump I, in. I, I need to jump in real quick and just say to the good people, if North Dakota State is playing Paul Mills or Roberts' team in the championship game and North Dakota State just happens to win that game, if the press conference <laughs> is live, <laughs> I would make sure I tune in <laughs> to that. Not actually. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll do the, I'll do a favor to the people here and I'll retweet it if that does in fact happen. And I don't have to try very hard to keep up with what's going on because of you two. So I'm appreciative of that. Check that out at Bison 24 seven sports. If you guys are interested in following along there, but for today, let's jump off with the news and notes. We will get into the combine. The primary point of this show is going to be, unless we get some breaking news is going to be the combine, but Derek Carr signs with the new Orleans saints today. Ross, we'll start with you and then just kick to Morley. Just reaction to that. It's there's no there's no way that's a bad scenario for the Packers. No, for sure. Um, certainly, you know, what you're what you're trying to see is or what you're hoping for is the teams that think they're a quarterback away, um, they start losing options, right? That's that's the whole point. Um, and then that's Especially, you know, when, and I don't know how much I agree about it, especially if it's, you know, a team like Carolina or a team like New Orleans that probably isn't an Aaron Rodgers away. You know, the Packers have a pretty decent roster and they haven't been to a Super Bowl in a long time. I don't know, you know, how many teams are really an Aaron Rodgers away. But Green Bay has basically said, or at least it's been leaked, that they're not interested in an NFC trade partner. So you start seeing some of the top quarterback, and I have my own opinions about Derek Carr, but you you start seeing some of the top available veteran options going to NFC teams, leaving AFC trade partners open. That's what you like to see if you're hoping to recoup value for Rodgers. I will throw in here real quick that it's been leaked, reported, whatever, that the Packers don't have interest in an NFC team. I would say eliminate the division. You don't want to trade him to Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit. I understand that. That's fine. But anywhere else, anywhere else in the conference, who cares? If you're moving on from Aaron Rodgers anyways, then you're not like, you know, that's a one or two year proposition. You're not competing for a championship in all likelihood next year anyways. So big deal. And not only that, one of the AFC teams you could theoretically trade him to, you could guarantee that you play against him next year, which is kind of part of the point of not trading him to the NFC is not wanting to play against him. Well, if he goes to Vegas, guess who's on the schedule next year. Now it's been reported Vegas is unlikely, but as someone who has a vested interest in getting tickets to said Vegas game next year, I would prefer Rodgers go somewhere else, but I don't think the NFC thing should matter whether it, maybe they can use that as a tiebreaker. Like, Hey, both of these teams are offering a first and second round pick and they're within one pick of each other. Okay. So we'll take the AFC team as the tiebreaker. Okay. Well, and they can use it as leverage too, you know, um, at NFC team calls and says, we're not doing it. And then they go, okay, well, what if, what if we offered this? And maybe whatever that is, is, you know, well above and beyond what the AFC team does. And you can present that to the AFC team or don't take the, you know, take the holy ass offer from whomever. Yeah, that would, that's certainly possible. And that's the thing that is the fun part of this is teams that theoretically could be in the mix. Woody Johnson, you know, not being able to get car and not having that option. Desperation kicks up a little bit. Uh, Daniel Snyder slash whoever owns the Washington football team by this point could certainly be a desperate owner looking for a quarterback. There are teams that are going to be willing to do stuff like that. Morley, I haven't gotten you in here yet, so go ahead and please speak to the people. I was just going to say, I mean, how many times do we hear that, you know, Team X is the front runner for a player and then it's not? You know, it's a 
it's kind of out of left field. The team comes in last minute at the 11th hour and makes a, like Ross said, a holy ass type offer. And they go with that. And so I just think, you know, right now all we're hearing is it's the Jets. It's the Jets. And it's not just the Jets. Like, I think a lot of the reporting is, oh, it's it's either Rodgers retires or he's going to be a Jet. And I don't I don't agree with that. I think there are a mul- I think there are multiple teams that are willing to throw their hat in the ring um, with this and, and make it kind of a bidding war. You know, obviously the the big factor is will Rogers play there, and I, you know, just everything reading between the lines, it just seems like the least logical outcome to me is him playing in Green Bay again, and that's just kind of where we're at. And I, I really think it's going to be in the next forty eight hours we're going to have an answer. Um, I could be wrong. <laughs> we could be sitting here on draft day, uh, still trying to figure this out, which would be awful, but. Um, nothing's off the table when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. And the other thing that's interesting to me too, and we were talking about this pre-show is uh, you look at the sources and you look at what things are being said and you always have to ask yourself like, well, who does this benefit? Who does this benefit for this being leaked? And Jacob, you brought up before the show, the, the jets being like, Oh, we like Jimmy G too. <laughs> like, okay. So you're going to, uh, you know, how convenient for them to pivot at this point to be like, well, we thought like, Again, like you said, they told Derek Carr he he would be a Hall of Famer in New York. So if they believe that, they let that guy walk out the door. You kidding me? They let well, him walk another... out the door. They let him walk out the door because he's he's second. You know, I think I think it is true that Rodgers is who they want. That's what they want to make happen. And now that Derek Carr is gone, like, does it become desperation mode? Now that your consolation prize that you're okay with is gone. Because I don't think you're okay with Jimmy G. I don't, I just don't, I don't believe it. And if you do, if you think you're all right with Jimmy G, then I think you've got, you got issues. So uh, it's going to get interesting. And I think, you know, whatever happens with the compensation, what they get for him, I think uh, that will be fascinating. You know, you're hearing, I think people, I think, you know, right away, people talking about two ones and two twos, you know, that's a lot. That's probably too much. Um, But the people that are saying, Oh, it's going to be a two and a three. That's ridiculous. You know, I think it'll be somewhere in between, um, but we'll find out. Uh, and ultimately, I just don't I don't see Rogers playing in Green Bay anymore. Yeah, I feel really confident in saying I heard Chris Russo talk about this on the radio one day of like, if you get one year of Aaron Rodgers, that's worth one first round pick. That is, it's worth one first round pick because it's just this year's pick and you used it to get the quarterback. So I feel pretty confident in saying, that I think the Packers get at least one first round pick for him. Now, like I said, are they going to get the the Russell Wilson Hall that they would have gotten a year ago? No, but I mean, that's that's fine. We don't need to go down that entire path. I do think that like you're talking about and from a leverage standpoint, Green Bay can also use that with the Jets is like, "Hey, are you sure you're good with Jimmy G?" Like you let Derek Carr walk up. And honestly, I don't have the greatest opinion of Derek Carr, but like good for him. For him to be like, I, I I tweeted something like last night talking about how I don't know how I would feel being some team's very obvious second choice when I can go somewhere else, be their first choice and go from there. And everyone's like, well, you know, he knows that he can be first choice after Aaron Rodgers. I think most and like players just don't think like that, like irrational or not. I would bet you Derek Carr would tell you and believes he's a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Again, is that rational? Maybe not, but that's how these guys think. So for him to do that, I say good for him. But this isn't an Aaron Rodgers show. We spent nine minutes on it. That's more than enough. Hopefully we get uh, a resolution this week. And if we don't, that's okay. Honestly, 
Ross and I have talked about this a lot. As long as he makes a decision before the new league year opens, he is not quote unquote holding the team hostage. So anybody using that phrasing that can go out the window until March 15th, anything that spills into the league year, then yeah, you got a legitimate gripe, especially considering he said he won't drag this thing out, which wouldn't be the first time he's lied, but I tend to believe him when it comes to stuff like this. Cause he knows the deal too. If he gets moved to a different team, he's going to want to have some of those guys come along with free agency. And you can't do that if you're unsure of your future. Let's talk the combine. None of us were in Indianapolis. That is peak <laughs> sadness, but obviously, thankfully we're able to see some stuff. We had some friends go there. There's a few things uh, that we're able to go through what I wanted to do. And I did this exercise uh, last night is because the combine can change. I don't know about well, maybe drastically considering we know how the Packers feel about athletic profiles and things like that. But I think you can get something to maybe open your eyes a little bit on a player, good or bad. So what I wanted to start with guys was who's a player that you came into the draft saying like, Oh, I like his tape. And then his athletic testing made you go, uh Oh, or something to that effect. So guys, I'll kick that to you first. Ross, I got a pretty good idea based on your reaction where that was going to go. Is this a good or bad? <clears throat> it's it's for so you watched him and then you went, oh no, that's not good. Oh, I've got I got a guy. He's got one, and I think we're probably going to be both the same position. Um, I really liked Tank Tank Dell, um, the Houston wide receiver, the slot guy, and he didn't test poorly or like too super terribly, but um, man, he's little, <laughs> like really really little, and uh. You know, receivers, all all pass catchers, ball carriers, whatever, are being protected nowadays. But I think there's, you know, and I'm, I'm a big fan still of, of a guy like Josh Downs. Um, you know, there are smaller guys that can run that I don't think will get murdered by Mark Pryor in the middle of the field anymore, you know. Um, but, boy, Tank Dell is little. <laughs> That's And that that was concerning for me. I had to push him down a little bit. And the other one. Um, that was kind of expected is Jordan Addison. Uh, I, I, I want to love Jordan Addison as a first round quality receiver and people, and rightfully so I was wrong about T Higgins. You know, I said T Higgins would have to be the exception, not the rule. He's been the exception. He did not test well. And most wide receivers that are really good in this league are freak athletes. And he's not a freak athlete. But he's a very good wide receiver. And that's, that's fine. But, He's also a ball winner. He's a ball getter. And Jordan Addison is not that. Jordan Addison's a route runner. I don't know if you can route run at his athleticism and, and, and consistently create separation. And if you can't create the separation, he's not winning jump balls. Uh, I, I still like Addison just fine. He didn't disqualify himself. I'm not burning around one on that kid anymore, nope. though. Nope. Yeah. I think he's a day two player, certainly. Uh, Morley? Well, I think the entire safety class is a, a group you can look at and be like, well, that's what do we do now? You're not going to cry about Don Travion? Uh, I will in the second year, <laughs> okay. but, um, but I have an excuse for that one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Football <laughs> players doing ball. track and field drills, does it sound like that? No, no, I, I'll get that in a second. So uh, one guy that just going through the safety class that really stood out to me as someone that I thought would fit really well with what Green Bay does, uh, playing kind of that split safety uh you know, defense is Jair Brown, the Penn State kid. Um, you watch his tape, and he is someone that is a ball hawk. He is someone that made big play after big play, not just big plays, but like an opportune moments as well. You know, late in games, they need a turnover. They need a stop. They need a drive killer. He's the guy that delivers uh, the dagger 
and I was really excited about him. And then to add fuel to the fire, uh, what felt vindicated when I saw Daniel Jeremiah actually had him as his safety one in this group. I was like, okay, like I'm not the only one watching this guy and liking what I see. And then he came out and ran almost a four seven in the uh, in the forty yard dash. His jumps weren't good. His he didn't do his agilities. Uh, but so that was that was discouraging. Um, but you watch the tape with him, and, and this is the thing: is you always have to go back to the tape and like, do you like the athleticism? No, you don't. But you turn the tape on for this kid. He plays fast. Uh, his ten yard split was in the ninetieth percentile for his forty. Uh, so he has that short area ability. And then the other thing was the gauntlet drill for him, where they're actually doing a football drill, uh, catching footballs and running. He had the fastest uh, miles per hour time at nineteen point two. So there's some stuff in there with him that I can still kind of cling to and be like, okay, well, maybe he just had a, a bad day uh, because what I had heard about him is he was a low 4.5, high 4.4 guy. So you, you never really know um, with him. And then the rest of the safety class was disappointing too. Like uh, Christopher Smith, who is another guy that is, is a lot like Jair Brown, where they can come in and do uh, a lot of the same stuff. He did not test well either. Um you know, and the other thing, too, though, for safeties is if they were elite testers, they'd be playing corner. Uh, you know, that is the other that's the other side of the coin. Uh, but you do want that athlete on the back end, especially who, the Packers especially love those athletes on the back end. So uh, they may be they may be disqualifiers for this. Packers well, and these, these safeties are testing poor, poorly for safeties. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, and we're, you know, I'm not going to start the RAS war here, but that's, you know, when you're talking about that relative score, it's not relative to defensive back. Yes, poor testers get moved or poor, I shouldn't say poor athletes, they're all excellent athletes, but lesser athletes do get moved to safety. Yep. However, these guys are testing in the fives and sixes yeah. for safeties, and that's not, not, great. not great. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. No, and then the guy that Ross was uh, someone that I immediately pegged as a Packers wide receiver watching him was Dontavion Wicks out of uh, University of Virginia. And I still think he is. Um, he ran in the four sixes. His jumps were great. Uh, explosive numbers were great. Um, but that four six number is going to have to be investigated. But my excuse for that is <laughs> he said he he hurt his hip flexor when he was running it. So uh, we'll see what he and he didn't and he didn't finish his workout. So we will see at the pro day what he what he runs. But you know, do we want to talk about the other side other side of this too with guys that confirmed our priors? Yeah, well, I mean the one guy I, I don't know if I loved his tape or anything, but just a guy I was kind of intrigued by was the LSU receiver, and that was Kayshawn Booty as a player. Twenty one tape is good. 22 tape, not so good. And then you add in like character whispers stuff and not just some of the, in the ankle kind of funnier ankle. stuff. That you know, is... he, had, he had a, he had a bad ankle injury his last year as well. Yes. So I there's think... a lot of stuff that went in there, but then you get like, he comes out and he, you have all those concerns and then he has like the Chikai polite oh, just combine to where yeah. it's like, is this guy a, Somebody I think will take a shot on him on day three, but I don't know. I mean, you know, Jordan Addison Ross, you mentioned is a guy who didn't test that well and athletically has those things, but he doesn't have all the other stuff that comes with it. He doesn't have the bad tape from his most recent season. He's a Blitnikoff winner. Like the tape is good. Yeah. The there's no whispers of character concerns. There's no stuff like that. Me personally, if like, this is Terrace Marshall, but worse i don't know if you guys remember some of the terrace marshall stuff but basically opted out of the season right before they played alabama to me you know opt-outs for bowl games or whatever fine and dandy opt out before your team's biggest game of the season because they're having a disappointing year that's a no-no to me if i'm going to draft you in the high rounds and that was why like when it was talked about that green bay could be interested because he fit like everything else in terms of age and all that other stuff i was like i don't think so i i don't know but i wouldn't do it for that reason booty's a guy that Again, day three, and even then, is that like for me with the Packers, like they have 10 seventh round picks or something like that. So maybe one of those. Yeah. But that's the, and even then, I'm even kind of like, because he's not going to play special teams and he's not athletic enough to do stuff like that. So I'd almost rather them take a shot on a guy who has one of those, you know, Jeff Janis like freak athlete type things to where, okay, now maybe he's a gunner for you, but Booty's not going to be that. Uh, Let's go to the other side where, it was a guy who came in and you weren't sure um, or you maybe you were sure and it confirmed some of your priors. The guy like that for me real quick before I kicked you guys was Sam Laporta, the tight end from Iowa. He's somebody, number one, I think. I know the Packers have been at at least two of his games this past year. That's not any inside sourcing. It's just what was on Twitter and people report when scouts are there. So I know the Packers have seen him play a couple times. He just seems like a guy, to me, I think he's somebody that will flourish once he gets out of that crappy offense in Iowa with their really bad quarterback play that they've had for, I don't know, for 30 years, forever. Yeah. I don't even know. It's been a long time since Iowa's had a good Drew Tate. Maybe he's the last guy I could think of that was even worthwhile, but 
I think Laporta is a guy who, to me, he's right behind uh, Mayer and Kincaid. I think he's the best one after those guys. Uh, but once you get through um, some of that other stuff, obviously there's a bucket with with some of those other dudes too. But he's a guy. This tight, it's I, really, oh, it's really good. It's really I've got good. a guy that I'll give you, but I, I like. I mean, the Packers have traditionally gone away from uh, freak athletes at the tight end position. They might not have a choice this year. They might be forced to take one because they all are. <laughs> like they all tested like aliens. So right, like the worst athlete, quote unquote, in the top group was Michael Mayer, and he was still right. re- really above average in terms he's of. Good. And athletes. he's good too. And he's uh, good. But, He's not, he's, he is not an alien type athlete, but he's probably got the best tape. But that's you could talk about tight end scouting for a whole podcast because I think that's one of the hardest positions to evaluate. Yeah, uh, the guy for me um, came in as my wide receiver one, um, willing to go to bat for this guy just because of his tape last year. Uh, what his coaches and teammates say about him is Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, a kid that you know has questions about his long speed. And I think it's fair, it's fair to ask those questions. Uh, but what he came out and did in his agilities matches up with his tape. If you want to say he's a slot only guy, that's fine. I don't think, and that bugs me a little bit too, because do people not realize that it is the year 2023 and a slot receiver is going to be on the field 90 to 95% of offenses. It's, starter. Like, yeah. it's just a starting position in the NFL. So it's the same thing have, with like nickel corners, like yeah. those players that weren't starters, they're starters. You got to have one. So if if Smith and Jigba is the guy that can only play in the slot, you, you know his ceiling is Cooper Cup. Like that's just that's just it. And Cooper Cup is amazing. But you see a guy that's very similar in the way he wins, where he is just an absolute technician. Um, I think he can steal. I honestly think he can play on the outside. I don't know if that's his best spot. And I think that's more so like because I've heard the NFL just is like he's a slot, and that's fine. I mean I think that's just because he's so good in the slot, but. I think you can play him on the outside because he's got the feet quickness. He's got the physical physicality in his hands. He's got the the ankle inflection, you know, that he can bend and, and do that stuff. Um, is he going to beat you over the top for a 75 yard touchdown? Probably not. And, and that's okay. Especially if you're the green Bay Packers that you have uh, one Christian Watson who can do that in his sleep, you know? So like you talk about fit, you talk about uh, coming out and kind of telling people like, Hey, this is who I am. Um, you, you were right about me by watching my tape. Like I am a short area quickness um, can win in a phone booth, strong hands. And I'm a dog with the ball in my hands. Like that's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, I do know that uh, <clears throat> there's two receivers. I think the NFL really likes as first round draft picks. Um, one of them is Jackson Smith and Jigba. And the other one, oddly enough is, uh, not oddly, but is Zay Flowers is the kid that the NFL is really, really high on um, two guys that are slot, slot types. So, um, those put two guys both had nice weekends and, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what Smith and Jigba runs in his 40. Ross did a little exercise last night where he basically did his RAS score and was putting in like four eights and he's still an above average athlete if he runs like an offensive lineman. <laughs> so he's not going to run a four eight, you know, even if he comes in and runs a four, five, nine, four, six flat, like at this point you just say, okay, cool. And honestly, like just on that front, Green Bay, I mean, I don't want to get too into the idea of like what they need and who fits with who now, because who can be on the team today and tomorrow can change so drastically. But I think Smith and Jigba is a guy that fits in really well with an upgrade at the tight end position, number one, and Christian Watson and their ability to kind of move him all over the field, stretch the field, stuff like that. And if they add another faster receiver, you know, now you've got two bombers and Watson and, you know, insert new guy's name here. 
And then Jigba, just the ability to kind of create havoc underneath. It's a guy that has the ability to make plays after the ball is in his hands. So I think if the Packers are going to spend a first rounder on a receiver, and I know everybody's rolling their eyes as I say this, but like there's only two guys that are possibilities. I think he's one of them, and Quentin Johnson, I think, is the other one. I'll throw this um, nugget out there too. The NFL is not nearly as high on Quentin Johnston as draft Twitter is. So, well, there you go. So that'll be the interesting part. Cause I can promise you Morley if, and when the Packers have two picks and not one of them is a pass catcher or I shouldn't say pass catcher receiver that you're going to get the same general lines of thinking. And it's just like, Oh, they never will. They never do. And it's like, well, I, I said this the other day, everybody who does a mock draft and writes the Packers pick in. And it says, of course, green Bay could make a, take a pass catcher here, but they won't. And then they don't have a receiver come off the board for like 10 more picks. Your line is one, not creative. And two, it's kind of dumb. Cause like why would green Bay take a player in the top 15 that you're saying is not worthy to be picked until pick 25. But beside the point, I don't need to rant about that. Ross, who's a guy who came in that you liked and confirmed a prior. Yeah. Um, my guy, Riley Moss, uh, who was subtle enough to say that he looks different <laughs> at the NFL combine. <laughs> Uh, you know, Riley having a chance to be the first Caucasian cornerback in many, many, many years um, if he stays on the outside in the NFL. But uh, 9.89 relative athletic score. Absolute freak show stuff. I mean, um, you know, almost 6'1", 39-inch vertical, 10-foot broad. He was a track star in high school, was unfortunately for me a North Dakota State commit that decided to go to Iowa at the last second, but ran a four, four, five with an absolutely insane 10 yard split. And it shows up on tape and you know, your, 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 uh, your biases are like, man, that's a, that's a white corner out there, but like you watch him, he's really good. And uh, you know, baby, baby makes the move to free safety or plays little nickel, but I, he man alive uh, is a heck of a football player was a heck of a football player at Iowa um, and I think, you know, you talk about schools that had a good combine boy, Van Ness, Laporta and, and, uh, Riley Moss and Jack Campbell, my God in heaven. Um, I'll tell you what, this would be a great year to not have taken Quay Walker, uh, last year, because I really, really liked what I saw from, um, uh, Jack Campbell at the combine, Trenton Simpson at the combine. Everybody loves Drew Sanders. Um, this could maybe have been a year to be in, be in the linebacker market, um, you know, and maybe not take a guy that was thrown out of two games, but uh, such is such is life. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked what I saw from all the Iowa kids. Um, I think you know people will talk about Josh Jackson, and that still hurts me. But um, you know, how many other Iowa guys do you need to see succeed in the league? Blaga. Kittle, Hyde. I mean, I, I can go on and on. Worfs, you know. I mean, they. It's it's not like the hit rate on Iowa kids is bad just because the Packers whiffed on a second round corner. Who's this? I'm trying to think of it now as you were talking about it. Who's the slot corner that Green King. Bay like? Desmond King. Desmond King. Yeah, oh. yeah. So that's another guy who he's Off had a nice NFL player. career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not all stars, but like Josh Jackson appears to be. I mean. If you go far back enough, every place has positional yeah, busts and everything like that. But yeah. I always say all the time, when you get, when you draft a kid from Iowa, you know, I mean, and make your jokes about Kirk Ferentz and everything like that, and there's plenty there. But they're well-coached. They're tough. 
Uh, Mike Daniels, that was a name you didn't mention. Yeah, they I care. I mean, they care. They, they care. They work hard. Yeah. They care. Yeah, Packers, Cam, Packers have had very good success with Iowa players. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, other than Josh, yeah, Mike Daniels, Aaron Campman. Uh, uh, um, Riley Moss played last year, uh, not, not last year, but the year before, with like a torn ligament in his knee and just didn't shut it down. Just like, I'll just keep playing. It was awesome. Just He was out there. If you go look at his junior tape, just out there with a knee brace on, like an offensive lineman knee brace, <laughs> and just locking dudes down. It's, I mean, he's, he's a tough kid. Yeah, he is, and they are, Iowa kids in general. It's it's a, There's a lot of good to come out of there, and there's a really good class coming from Ross, I saw you make the joke. I think it was what Van Ness and one, Laporta and two, Jack Campbell and three, Riley Moss, or something, <laughs> something like that. And I was like, you know what? That's not that bad. That's a pretty good draft if, if Green yeah. Bay can get away with there. I will say this, just going through, and this isn't really a topic, but when you go through the just testing, the Packers players, Packers peoples, just things of all that stuff. I mentioned Lucas Van Ness. Is there a player that came out of the combine that felt more like a great, like hit the yeah. testing thresholds for the most part? Uh, I don't know if he ended up hitting all of them, Morley. You've got that stuff uh, well, handy or so here's, somewhere. Here's the thing. So with broad jumps, they like you to be like in the 80th percentile or better, and he was like 78th percentile. So give him two more broad jumps, I bet he could hit it. You know what I mean? So like whatever. Okay, so you've got that. But you, he's from Iowa. He's at a position that they value. He's at a position that they need in theory. I just – yeah. He didn't start. He didn't start. <laughs> Wasn't a starter. He's a he's a long term projection with a high ish upside. You know, I, I think that this is the guy who came out of the draft feeling like, like last year out of the combine, we were just like, yeah, Zach Tom's going to play for Green Bay, and we just we know that, and yeah. you know, let's just pencil him in in the fourth round and let's move on. I feel like Van Ness is the guy that, whether it's the only way I think he's not a Packer is if he's gone before that, I and. Think- that's certainly possible. I think. I think. I think if they end up with another first round pick, I think they could very realistically leave this first round with, with two guys two with guys, six names. Two guys, with <laughs> two guys that we just call JSN and LVN. LVN. And okay. I sent that to Ross yesterday, and he sent me another three letter word uh, that I'll let people figure out on their own about what that would. Uh, don't move just on. Moving move on. on. Please, and Moving thank on. you, because now I'm trying to figure out what it would be, and I'm not oh. smart enough to do that. And this is a video show, so people can see the things going above yeah. my brain and everything like that. Oh so, guys, let's wrap up. Just some post-combine thoughts, um, anything like that. Uh, just kind of a general – I kind of give you the – it's like a monologue or something, so to speak, but just something post-combine, you know, 30 seconds or so of just what you think coming out of it. Morley? Of the com- – sorry, I, I was – Not the – yeah, not the – not like the event itself, but like just what happened, anything like that of anything that you guys – can think of uh it's always fun just because you can kind of start to uh, put guys in different pockets and uh, for me for like the the packers draft guide it's fun because then i can start plugging players in about like hey this is these guys hit the threshold these guys are green across the board these are guys that green bay is going to be interested in um so it's always fun to get that going um and make sure you grab a drink green bay draft guide so you can see that in its entirety um because I'll, I'll leak some of that stuff i'll talk about some of those guys that um are packers uh, one that we'll get to probably this week is wide receivers, just because there is a very specific type, uh, not just first round guys, but all the way through round seven guys mm-hmm. that they like to target. Um, and uh, and there's usually only about eight, eight or ten of them in each draft class. Um, last year there was five. Packers ended up with three. So there you go. Yeah, for me it's it's a big deal. You know, I'm I'm working on the big board. I've got it pretty well off, but like you get a guy, DJ Dale, for example. Alabama, 
defensive lineman, kind of liked him, had him as, a, I think, a high 100s player, you know, draftable, certainly. RAS was 1.83. Can't do it. <laughs> like, just those guys never work. And I know that people think athletic testing is dumb and it's can they play football, whatever. If you're and, – and we were kind of having this discussion, the guys that work on the draft guide, of, like, how valuable is RAS, especially when the baseline of five kind of isn't great because – Athletes are bigger, stronger, faster now, right? Um, I think Kent's data goes back something crazy like 1987. Yeah, 1987, I think, is as low as you can go. So I think there has to be. Oh, geez, he keeps going. No, that's just the function of the thing. Anyway, uh, yeah, but I think 87 is roughly close. But like, man, you go look at some of like football cards from 1987, 1988. I shared one in the group, and there are some, there are like guys with guts playing strong safety. Like, we just. This is a different era. There's a different level of athletes. So um, my point is when you get a guy that tests under like the 30th percentile, it is almost never going to work out. It's just almost never going to work out when they are a just bottom tier athlete based on the last 35 years, you know, and, and, and understanding like if you, I think it'd be safe to cut it off 15 years ago to start getting more of a modern athlete. You know, I think if you, if you lopped it off at 2005, 2005, 2008, whatever. um, I'm not saying there weren't great athletes back then. Of course there were, but as more of a subset of, well, now there's individualized trainings, you know, in the off season and, and much better strength conditioning programs, nutrition coaches, nutrition coach. Absolutely. Like all of this stuff is just different. Um, so if you're testing, like if you're Raz, like DJ Dale is one point, I don't mean to pick on this kid, but you come in with a 1.83, like I just, I can't have you. You can come into camp and, you know, whatever as one of our 80, but like it just ain't going to work out. And and that's, so for me, there's guys you come and for me personally, you can make fun of me, whatever, but like you come in with a 9.83 or 9.78, like I'm looking at your tape again. I just am, uh, one example of that, that I'm going to go back and look at this kid was, uh, and now we've really screwed this up. I think his name's Daniel Scott. Uh, safety, the safety from. You just made that name up. That's a know. generated player name. Oh, Daniel yeah. Scott, free safety from Cal, comes yeah. in with a 9.87 Raz. I watched one game of Daniel Scott, one. And and because basically I was just building out a board based on a bunch of other boards. Watch one game. Okay, here's where he kind of stacks up. You come and test at 9.87, I'm going to go watch like five games from you, and you're probably going to head up the board. And it's not just me that thinks that way. Like yeah. teams – and maybe not going to look at like actual Raz, but whatever their formula is, whatever their thresholds are, that kid just hit all of them. So they're going to go back and look at that kid's tape. And so, um, you know, tiebreakers on my board. Well, this these two receivers were really close. Well, this kid's a 6.5, which means he's just average as hell. And this kid hitting a nine. Okay, that breaks the tie. Give me the athlete, you know? And so um, that's what I get out of the combine. And here's – I'll add this, just one last little tidbit. The people that say, watch the tape. He's good at football. All these guys are good at football. <laughs> and, they, and they're good – like the other part of it is they're good at football, and they are, and I'm not trying to discredit this, but they're good at football in college against mm-hmm. – college. like this guy who – not to like, I'm not picking at Christian Watson, obviously, but I think even you guys, there's a difference between catching passes from 
you know, whoever the quarterback was in his last year at North Dakota State, and then having to go play with Aaron Rodgers. I think Christian Watson would tell you there's a learning curve, there's a difference, there's all kind, and there's better examples than that one. That's just the one that comes yeah. to mind. But they're playing against other college players, and there are, you know, what is one percent of one percent? I mean, I don't know the exact percentages, but of college players that actually make it to the NFL and make a roster, let alone are good. A guy, a guy to bring up that we were talking about is Tank Dell out of Houston, yeah. like. He's probably, you know, you never count a kid out, but he's probably a kid that was a really, really good college football player and just isn't cut out to Might be, not be big enough. the same type of player in the NFL. Like, that's why we do this stuff. And the other thing, too, I mean, it just offers the possibilities. Like, that was the big reason why Jake and I were right about Christian Watson and so many of you were wrong. And so, we're, you know, we're going to toot our own horn here. But can't isn't the same as didn't. Mm-hmm. And, that's some, and that's something that – that the the combine and these numbers can show you, you know, it's AJ Dillon. I think that's another example. Right. Can't isn't the same as didn't. And, and that's, that's, it it allows you the, the idea to kind of work out these possibilities in your mind. Like, you know, I I think Calvin Johnson had great numbers, but Calvin Johnson came from triple, the the triple (laughs) option. Like, like, you, you know, can't isn't the same as didn't. And so, um, yeah, the, these things offer you an opportunity to think about the possibilities and how they might win at the NFL level. And I think you've seen like teams, like you said, they this stuff matters. You know, the Dan Campbell quote, and Dan Campbell is Dan Campbell, and I understand. And like, but him to say like you judge the tape, you don't judge these players running around in pajamas, fine and dandy. But like, there are like you said, Ross, there are some things that that break some ties, and there's some understandings of this is a projection. You know, it's not necessarily what the kid is now is what is he going to be. Rashawn Gary, what is Rashawn Gary going to be three, four years from now? Because when Rashawn was drafted, not a pick that a lot of people were happy about. Now, I think people are pretty happy with the way that that has turned out. And he's turned into a different player. Yeah. Um, there were plenty of examples. Jordy Nelson was a guy who was kind of just a go-ball guy at Kansas State, turned into a better all-around receiver as he came into the NFL. You know, the Packers have, and it's not just the Packers. I know John Ross failed, but like, do you think John Ross is a top 10 pick if he doesn't run a 4 2 no, probably not. And what are the possibilities of a guy that can do that? And every coach ever says I could teach him to play football. That's kind of the right. Anthony Richardson argument. Some coaches all events say, no, 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 not that one. Not, no, not that quarterback. I can't do that one specifically, but some will say, yeah, I can teach that guy to play football. And, you know, Richardson's a guy who, you know, the athletic stuff's off the charts. My kingdom for Anthony Richardson, my kingdom. I, I, I would, I would, man. I'd be interested to see. I'm interested to see which team will. I'll say that much. Uh, I don't think he's going – like, I don't think somebody's trading up to one to get him. I think that the quarterbacks in conversation for number one right now are the other three, to be honest with you. But I'll say this. If he turns out – and I don't think he'll fall that far. If he turns out like Lamar Jackson, don't 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 come knocking at my door because I I could see that where he's the fourth quarterback taken and you look back at it in three years ago, how the hell did we even – how did this happen? Like, what, what was everyone thinking? How could you not see that this could happen? Right, right. So that's what I grab out of it. Like I said, this the stuff that become you know tiebreakers, stuff that becomes things for projections. You know, some of these athletic numbers, and not only that, like you see some things, and especially since we have some data that understand like what the Packers care about, it's an understanding of will Green Bay take that guy? Maybe not, uh, or will they? I mean, it certainly feels that way, um, and you can see like. Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't play for an entire year, but he's got elite change of direction skills. And you saw that on the tape, but it's nice to see that confirmed in a, in a testing environment like this as well. 
That's going to do it for this episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I take one last little scroll here. Aaron Rodgers has not made a decision as of the final thing here. Derek Carr is a New Orleans Saint. So if you're listening to this uh, in the morning, maybe that has changed. But as of right now, nothing. Still in the dark, pun intended there. Uh, But you can follow the show. It's on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Like, subscribe, all that stuff on your favorite podcast platform. You can follow Ross. He's at Ross Uglum. You can follow Morley. He's at Jacob Morley. You can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westler. Buy yourself one of them Green Bay draft guides. It is each of our pinned tweets. Go to that page. Find a pinned tweet. Grab a draft guide for $8.99. Less than a lunch, guys. That's all that it really is for 225 prospects catered to the Green Bay Packers. The the guide comes out uh, in early April, so you want to get it before that pre-order date so it doesn't become a little more expensive to you. And uh, get yourself ready for for the draft. It's a big draft for the Packers, and it could be, you know, a draft to try and get them as an Aaron Rodgers all-in situation, get back to the Super Bowl, or a draft of hey, they're building around their their next quarterback. So I'll be interested to see. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.